You are listening to Jonah, a sermon series about the biblical account of Jonah. For more information about Elevate Church, please visit us online at www.elevatechurch.ms. We're in a series on the book of Jonah, and I know that you know who Jonah is. Jonah is the guy that everybody says uh, got swallowed by a whale, right? Uh, The Bible actually says it was a a big fish, and so maybe it was a whale, maybe it was a large mouth mouth bass, I don't know, it could have been anything, you know what I mean? Uh, It could have been a minnow if God wanted it to happen, because God can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, and however he wants. Uh, But the Bible says, again, he was swallowed by a big fish. Fish And so uh, as we kind of get started, as we kind of get started today, uh, let me ask you, let me ask you a question. Uh, How many of you would admit that you're pretty good at certain things? Pretty good at certain things? Yeah, several prideful people in the church today. We're praying for you. Yeah, here's the deal. I really think that we're all good, uh, pretty good at certain things. You know, uh, like me, uh, I'm pretty good at ping pong. You know, I really am. Uh, y'all ever seen that movie, uh, Forrest Gump, Lieutenant Dan? You know what I'm talking about, that, that movie? Man, you seen that movie, like Forrest, he's in there tearing it up, playing ping pong like a boss. You know what I mean? That's how I look when I play. I mean, I'm just, I'm killing it, you know? And so anytime I lose, I always tell the person, you only won because I let you win. You know what I mean? I'm pretty good at ping pong. Uh, uh, something else that I feel like I'm pretty good at is singing, you know? Uh, some of y'all went to that Garth Brooks concert a couple weeks ago, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Blame it all on my roots. I showed up in boots. I'll stop right there. I don't want you guys to be too jealous of my angelic voice. Uh, but uh, I think I sing pretty good. Sometimes I just sound bad, okay? Uh, and so uh, I'm pretty good at that. But we've, we're all pretty good at certain things. What about this? How many of y'all would just admit that you're, you're not good at certain things? There are certain things that you're not good at. Yeah, if you're sitting by somebody who didn't raise their hand, they're a liar, okay? Uh, so we're all pretty bad at certain things. Like for me, uh, something I'm terrible at is folding a fitted sheet. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever tried that. But man, I'm trying to fold that thing and that elastic band is moving. And so I'm trying as hard as I can, but I get frustrated with it. And so I eventually just ball it up and throw it, up, throw it in, the co- in the closet. You know what I mean? Anybody else you do that? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I do. Something else I'm pretty terrible at is wrapping Christmas presents. I am. Uh, if I wrap your present, you know it was me, okay? Uh, because I'm using duct tape. Part of the gift is showing. Uh, sometimes I just let the people at Walmart do it. You know, they put it in that plastic bag. I just leave it in there and get Give it to you. You know what I mean? That's how I roll. Gangster rapper. That's who I am. You know what I mean? I'm just not good at it, but some people are good at it. Some people are good at it and that's, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, now has somebody ever asked you to do something that you didn't think you were good at? You know what I mean? Maybe something that you just really, you didn't want to do. Like maybe somebody said, Hey, will you pray for me? Anybody ever asked you to pray for them? And then they're like, no, 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 no. Not like go home and pray for me. Like pray for me now. You know, like when somebody asks you to pray for them, most of the time, you know, people get that deer in the headlights look. You know what I mean? They, you want, you want me to pray now? Like out loud? Like you want me to talk? To, this is too hard. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You see people do that usually when you say, hey, does anybody want to pray? People, they start, you know, they're, well, I don't, what's he looking? You know, people, people, people just don't want to, people just don't want to do it. And, and so usually when somebody asks us to do something that we, we think we're not good at, or it's just something that is difficult or something that we might not want to do, we can come up with all sorts of excuses as to why we don't want to do it. But did you know that what God calls you to do and what God calls me to do, what God calls us to do, did you know that it's, it's difficult? Did you know that? In Luke chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus said, Whoever wants to be my disciple, they must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Jesus said, you've got to deny yourself. That's tough. Can we just admit it? 
Jesus said, hey, you know what? If you want to follow me, you need to take up your cross and follow him daily. Man, man, that's, that's hard. But that is the universal call for God, from God for all of us. And so today, what I want us to do is I want us to kind of narrow down God's call. I want us to think about what God might be asking of us as individuals, what he might be asking you to do individually. And so as we really explore this idea, I want to point out two things about God's call that I believe are important for each and every one of us. And the first thing, if you're taking notes and you want to write them down, the first thing that you need to know about God's call for your life is that it's a challenge. It's a challenge. What God is asking of you is a challenge. It will push you to your limits. It will be demanding of you. One of the ways that you can identify God's calling on your life is when you think about whatever it is that God wants you to do. You think, you know what, this is beyond my own ability. That's, that's how you can know that, that God is really asking you to do something. Because see, when it's in those moments, you have to learn to depend on God more. The devil doesn't want you to trust God more. The devil doesn't want you to pray to God more. The devil doesn't want you to tap into the supernatural. So he's not going to ask you to do something that, you know, you, it would be difficult for you to do. But God, on the other hand, God, on the other hand, when he asks us to do something, it's going to be a challenge. And so again, whenever you find yourself presented with a situation that seems difficult, maybe fear is causing you to run from it or to stay clear of it, what you need to know is that that is probably a sign that God is calling you to do it. And if God is calling you to do something, he's going to equip you to do it. He really is. And so last week we started this series in the book of Jonah and we started in Jonah chapter one and we got through verses one and two. And uh, today we're hopefully going to get through verses two and three. Okay. Uh, So we're going to make a lot of progress today, verses two and three. And so uh, here's what the Bible says. I want you to see after, after the word of the Lord has come to Jonah, here's what the Bible says in verse two. God says, get up, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because their wickedness has confronted me. Their wickedness has confronted me. Now let me stop for for just a second. The word of the Lord comes to Jonah and the word of the Lord says, get up and go. Get up and go. I, I I want you to understand that this was something that was a challenge for Jonah. This wasn't something that was easy for him to do. And again, when God speaks, when we really hear his voice, when we really hear him clearly, his message inevitably to each and every one of us is to get up and go, to get up out of our comfort zone, to get up and go, get up from the destination where we currently are and go to the destination that he has marked out for us. But we don't like that. How many of you just don't like to get up when you're comfortable? I know I'm, I know I'm like that. How many of you know when, it's, when you're laying in your bed, you know what I mean? You've been sleeping real good, you know, and then, then that alarm goes off, man. You don't want to get out of that bed. You're cozy, right? I know somebody, I won't say their name, but it starts with an A and ends in Amanda. Man, they'll hit, their, they'll hit that snooze button like 30 times, you know what I mean? I just don't want to get up. Five more minutes, right? Five more minutes, let me stay here, even me. When I get comfortable, I don't, I don't want to get up. I don't. I remember when Brianna was probably four or five, it would never fail. Uh, when I would sit down, she would call, Daddy, come here, I need you. And so being the good daddy that I am, I tried to ignore it for a little while, hoping it would go away. 
And so it wouldn't. She would be like, Daddy, come here. Daddy, come here. And so I would, I would kind of wait a little bit longer. Daddy, come here. I really need you. And so again, you know, I want to get up. Maybe she's hurt. Maybe she really does need me. And so I would go into her room and she'd say, Daddy, can you change the TV channel for me? I mean, you know, I'm like, man, I really thought this was important, you know? You ever been there, though? you just gotten comfortable, right? You just get comfortable. You just sit down in the couch or on the couch, and you just sit down in your chair, and you're comfortable, and you realize the remote control is across the room. What do you do? I know what I do. Hey, Sadie. Hey, Brianna. Come here. I need you. I need you. It's really important. And they'll come in there. Can you hand me the remote? retribution. You know what I mean? It's payback, right? It's payback. That's what, I, that's what I do. But when you just get comfortable, when you just get cozy, we don't like to have to get up, especially when it comes to the things that we've gotten comfortable with in our life. When we're content with our situation, when we're content with our circumstances. Get up and go is the last thing that we want to hear. When God calls us to break company with people, when God calls us to break company with environments and attitudes that we have grown accustomed to, that we even enjoy, things that we've really snuggled up to and grown, grown attached to. Again, when God tells us to get up and go, it means we're gonna have to put forth energy that a lot of times we don't wanna use that a lot of times we just don't want to use and we think, you know what? It'd just be so much easier for me to stay right where I am, for me to stay right where I am and stay and do what I'm already doing instead of doing what it is that God is calling us to do. I'm telling you, when God calls us to do something, it is a challenge. But again, if he calls you to it, if he calls you to it, he will give you the strength to be able to do it. Because think about this. Do you know that you have been equipped with the Holy Spirit of God? Did you know that? See, a lot of times in the Bible, the Holy Spirit is depicted as a dove or as wind, but that ain't who the Holy Spirit is. You know what I mean? The Holy Spirit is the third member of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is not third because he's least in value. He is third because he is the third to be revealed to us in the Scripture. And what I want you to know is that the full authority of God, the full power of God, the full might of God is in the Holy Spirit. And if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, that Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And that means the full authority, the full power, the full word of God is living inside of you because that's where the Holy Spirit is. I really figured y'all would have done better than that. That was like patty cake. You know what I'm saying? Anyway. <laughs> but that means that when you have an opportunity to do something challenging, that is an opportunity for you to see the supernatural power of God at work. So God often calls us to get up and go, to get up and do something different, to get up and do something difficult. Right now, some of you, you might be sensing the Holy Spirit nudging you, prodding you, and pushing you to do something that, he's, he's all, that God has already been dealing with you about. And when the Holy Spirit tells you to move, and when the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, it's not that he's trying to take you to a bad place. He just wants to take you to a new place. That's what he wants to do. Where, where you've been, that may have been fine up until now, but there is something new that God wants you to experience. Did you know that the greatest hindrance to a new move of God in your life is usually the last move of God in your life? 
The greatest hindrance to a new move of God in your life is usually the last move of God in your life. Oftentimes, God wants to do something new in our life, but we're so comfortable with the last thing that God has done. And so whenever you, you are in life, when, whenever you are in life and you start to sense the Holy Spirit try to push you into a new area and push you into a new place, you need to go. You need to take advantage of that opportunity. You need to take on that challenge, not because you are able, but because God is able. Because God is able and he lives inside of us. He will equip us and empower us. The problem with so many of us though, the problem with so many of us is that we're busy doing good things. We're busy doing good things, but they're not the things that God would want us to do. We're busy doing good things, but they're not the things that God wants us to do. See, see a lot of times our good works our good works are just excuses that we use not to do what we know God is calling us to do. Think about Jonah. Think about Jonah. Jonah was a prophet. He delivered messages to the people of God. If Jonah would have stayed right where he was, people would have looked at him as a preacher and prophet and thought, hey, you know what? That's somebody who's living for God. That's somebody who is doing the right thing. Thing, but there was only one problem with him staying right where he was, and that was that right where he was wasn't where God had called him to be. I wonder maybe if there's something that you and I are doing right now, and it's not a bad thing. In fact, it's a good thing. It's a good thing, but it's just not the thing that God is really asking you to do. Have you gotten so comfortable in that good thing that it has actually become a tool that the enemy is using to keep you from doing the God thing in your life. Again, oftentimes we're so busy. We're so busy doing good things that when it comes to the God things, we don't have any energy left. We don't have any energy left. And so if God is pushing us, if God is pushing us again to go in a challenging direction, if he is asking you to get up and go, if he is asking you to forgive someone, if he is asking you to tithe, if he is asking you to tell someone about him, if he is asking you to walk by faith and not by sight, if he is asking you to do something that seems difficult and seems challenging, you need to take that challenge and allow God to do something bigger than you. He really wants to do something great inside of each and every one of us. See, see I don't know if you know this or not, but Jonah loved his country. Jonah loved his people. He loved his people. They, they were the Jews, and he knew that they were God's chosen people. And now, now God is asking him to go to the Gentiles, to go to people who do not know God. But they weren't just people who didn't know God. The Assyrians were people who were known all around the world for being very violent people. They were people who tortured people. Nineveh was a, a city of violence. Scholars and commentators, they say about Nineveh that it was a place where dying never ceased. So they were constantly killing people and killing people and killing people. It was a place full of brutality. This was not some sort of vacation destination that you wanted to go to. People did not want to go to Nineveh. And so here's the thing. Some commentators even say that the reason why Jonah is so upset about the call that God has on his life is because perhaps during one of the Assyrian raids that the Assyrians had killed Jonah's family. And so here God is asking Jonah to go to the very people who killed his family. 
And God is asking Jonah to go there and preach about the love of God, the grace of God, and the mercy of God. God is telling him, Jonah, I want you to go to people that you don't like, people that you don't want to be around. Can you understand his frustration there? See, I think that if we were all to be honest, we'd have to admit that there are some people in our life that we just don't want to experience the grace of God. Some of us have coworkers that we just really don't care if God moves in their life. Some of us have people in our life who have caused so much, so much damage and so much frustration that we don't, really, we don't really care if they experience the grace of God. I mean, some of us have people in our life that we've prayed for like this. God, you know, if you really want to use me to bring about wrath in their life, man, my fist and my feet, they're ready. Don't act, don't act all spiritual. Y'all know some of y'all been there, right? Just me, just me, pray for me, okay? But I really think some of us are like that. Some of us have some people in our life, and again, we don't want them to experience the grace and blessing of God. We think they don't deserve the grace and blessing of God, but you listen to me. You don't deserve the grace and blessing of God. I don't deserve the grace and blessing of God. You're not good. I'm not good. There is only one who is good, and that is God the Father. God is good. So again, the challenge for Jonah is to leave what he loves, to leave what he knows, to leave where he is comfortable and go in a different direction. And, and I can just say that there may come a time in your life there may come a time when God asks you to walk away from something and it just breaks your heart. He may ask you to walk away from a hobby that you love. God may ask you to walk away from a job that you love. God may ask you to do something and it will break your heart. There are going to be times that God asks us to do things and we don't quite understand. And the reason why we don't understand is because God works in mysterious ways. God doesn't work the way that you work and the way that I work. God is different. And aren't you, aren't you glad for that? Even though it's frustrating at times, aren't you glad that God God doesn't do the same things that we do, right? I mean, look at the person sitting next to you and just say, man, I sure am glad you're not God. Tell them. If, I mean, we would be in trouble. We would be in trouble. We really would. So if God issues a challenge to you, you got to get up and go. He issues this challenge to Jonah to get up and go. And so the second thing that I want you to know about God's call for your life is not only is it a challenge, but the, the second thing is this, it's different. It's different. I want you to see this. The call that God was given, giving Jonah at this moment was different than the call that other people were receiving. See, there were other prophets around during the day of Jonah. Hosea was alive. Amos was alive. These were also prophets. They had the same job that Jonah, Jonah had. They had the same responsibilities. Jonah, though, is being called to go to the people that he does not prefer. He's being called to, to go to Nineveh and tell these people about the mercy of God, while at the same time, Hosea and Amos, they're, they're being called to stay in a comfortable place, to stay in a place that they are used to. They're to stay in Israel and minister to God's People, but here Jonah is, he is receiving a call that is different. Why? Why couldn't his call be like his buddies? Why couldn't his call be like the call that his friends had? Have you ever been there? If not, you will, I promise you. There will be times in your life 
where, where God will appear to be making things easier for other people than he is making things operate for you. There will be times when what God is asking you to do is not going to look very appealing. And, and, and if I could just be honest with you this morning, I mean, I've, I've been there. There are times even with what I do that I'm like, God, I, I don't even know what I'm doing. God, there are plenty of people who could do a better job at doing this than I am doing. And there are even days that I wake up and I'm like, I don't want to do this, God. I don't want to do this. Have you ever been there? Just not want to do what God asked you to do? Come on, man. I'm not just preaching to me. Y'all help me out. I've been there. God, I know, I know I told you I would do anything, but man, I don't really want to do that. Why is it? Why is it, God, that you're calling me to do something that's so different? See, when you find God asking you, when you find God asking of you what he might not be asking of other people, what are you going to do? When you find that he is calling you to do something different, when he's calling you to do something that the people around you aren't doing, usually what happens when we find ourselves in that situation is we let our feelings dictate our obedience. We do. But you can't trust your feelings because feelings are fickle. I hear people say, oh, you just got to do what feels right. You just got to do what feels right. No. You don't have to do what feels right. You shouldn't do what feels right, man. Because there are times that I want to do things that I know just they would feel good, but they ain't right. You been at Walmart trying to check out lately? Oh, my goodness. Man, but our feelings, again, they change. They change so easily. Like ice cream will change your feelings, right? Huh? El Sombrero will change your feelings, right? Traffic will change your feelings. Feelings, man, you cannot trust your feelings. And so people say, hey, you know what? Well, you just got to gotta do what, 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 your, what your heart says. You ever heard somebody say that? Just do what your heart says. No. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is more deceitful than anything else. We can't follow our feelings. We can't follow our hearts. We have to follow God. Jonah didn't want to do what God was calling him to do. He didn't. He probably said this, God. Wouldn't it be better if I stayed in Israel? Wouldn't three prophets be better than two prophets in Israel? God, wouldn't it be better if I just stayed here? Wouldn't it be better if I stayed here? Jonah, again, he didn't want to do what God wanted him to do. So what does he do? What did Jonah do after God calls him to do something that was, that was challenging and that was, was different? See, I'm wrapping up, but I want you to look at verse 3. I want you to look at verse 3. Jonah chapter 1. The Bible says... However, Jonah got up to flee to Tarshish from the Lord's presence. Now, isn't that weird? Jonah got up to flee from what? The Lord's presence. What is Jonah's occupation? He is a prophet. Jonah should have known that, you know, God is omnipresent, right? God is everywhere. There's not anywhere that Jonah could go to really get away from the presence of the Lord. But that phrase, to flee from the Lord's presence, is, is, very, is very interesting. It really is. See, what's happening here is Jonah is leaving Jerusalem. Jonah is leaving Jerusalem. He leaves Jerusalem and he heads to Joppa. Now, why in the world does he want to leave Jerusalem? Well, here's why. Because Jerusalem was a very special place. It was where the temple of God was. Sure, God is everywhere. 
But there was something unique about this place because it's where the temple of God was. It's where the Ark of the Covenant was. It's where the physical manifest presence of God actually was. It was God's house, if you will. Jerusalem was where Jonah received the word of the Lord. Jerusalem was where, was where Jonah heard the voice of God, and Jonah wanted to get away from that. He did. See, I'm always leery about the people who say, you know what, I don't, have to, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. I'm always leery of those people. Why? Because first off, the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. You, you cannot practice the fruit of the Spirit away from community. You can't. You can't practice love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. You have to be in community to really exercise those things. And in true community, that's where real accountability is. Please follow me. See, that's where accountability are. And there are some people who don't like that. There are some people who don't like to come to church because when they come to church, they actually hear the voice of God, and it's convicting to them. It's convicting. So people step away from the church. And I've said this before, but I'll say it again. I'll say it a million times. Usually the first step away from God is to step away from the people of God, is to step away from the house of God, to step away from church. So Jonah steps away from the house of God. He steps away from the house of God. He leaves Jerusalem and he heads to Joppa. And Joppa is 35 miles away from Jerusalem. But when he gets 35 miles away, that's still not far enough. So you know what he says? I'm going to Tarshish. He pays the fare. And a lot of people don't exactly know where Tarshish was. But most scholars all agree that it was over 2,000 miles away. It was on the other end of of the known world. So why? Why in the world would he be willing to go that far? Why in the world was he willing to run that far? The reason is because he didn't want to do what God was asking him to do. Verse 3, look at it again. It says, Jonah got up to flee to Tarshish from the Lord's presence. He went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish. He paid the fare and he went down into it to go with him to Tarshish from the Lord's presence. See, because God's call on Jonah's life was so challenging, he ran. Because God's call on Jonah's life was so different, he ran. He went further and further and further away from God. His life went down, down, down down. You show me somebody who stepped away from church, and I'll show you somebody who's about to make some serious mistakes. You show me somebody who steps away from church, and I'll show you somebody whose life is fixing to go down and down and down and down. Jonah decided, you know what? It's just easier to run than it is for me to do what God's asking me to do. So he got out of town. I wonder I wonder if some of us are running from God this morning. We know what it is that God wants us to do, but we're running from it. 
I wonder if there's something that God has specifically told you. Look, I want you to do this, but we're running from it. See, it's crazy that we actually believe that we can run from the presence of God. And today, if you're running from God, you got to stop because that's a sin. That's a sin. Sin happens when you and I care more about what we want than we care about what God wants. If God has told you, look, you need to forgive this person, and you say, well, I don't want to forgive them, you're caring about what you want more than you care about what God wants. If God has told you to tithe, and you say, hey, look, I don't want to do that. That's my money. You're caring about something that you want more than you care about something that God wants if God has said, hey, you know what? I want you to stop doing this. I want you to live right. And you say, you know what? I'm not willing to give up this or give up that. It's sin. It's sin. So if you're running today, don't continue to run. Don't continue to run. Even though God's calling on you as a challenge, and even though God's calling on you may be different, there's no other thing in this world that's more rewarding than God's calling on your life. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, I don't know where you're at in your spiritual walk. But I wonder today if there's somebody here and you know, you know you've been running. You know God is calling you to himself. You know God is calling you to live an authentic Christian life. But you think, you know what, there's no way I can do that. It's too hard. I've got friends who aren't going to understand. They're not doing the same thing. It's too hard. It's different. You know you're here today and you've been running and you need to stop. So today, if you want to stop, and you want to turn to God, you want to give Him your heart, and you want to give Him your life, you want to be saved today, I'm going to ask right where you are that you raise your hand. Don't run. Stop running. Amen. 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 Stop running. You can't flee the presence of God. If you just raise your hand, I'm going to ask right where you are to pray. Father, forgive me for running. Forgive me for living for myself. Forgive me for not living for you. Today I confess you as Lord and Savior of my life. And I pray that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to be aware of the Holy Spirit's presence in my life each and every day. When I walk out of these doors, help me to be different. When other people look at my life, help them to know that I am yours. Thank you for saving me today. God, I also want to just ask that you be with each and every one of us in this room because a lot of times we 
feel you nudging us to do certain things, but we write it off as just a crazy thought that maybe entered our mind. And so God, I pray that we would draw close to you so that when you do speak to us, we can hear your word clearly so that we can be your people. Father, today, thank you that you're God and we're not. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. We'd like to thank you for listening and encourage you to visit our website at www.elevatechurch.ms so you can learn more about being blessed and blessing others at Elevate Church.